Welcome to the Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. And now, your hosts and co-shut-uppers of making shit happen, Bernie Shung and Phil Gerbyshack. So we're live again with another Shut Up Show today with James Altucher, who talks about choosing yourself and so much more. I'm glad that James is here. And Bernie, you're here with me again today. Hello, dear. I get to see you today. Yes, I'm coming into your city. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, so, wait, you guys don't just live virtually, like, in the computer? What, what cities are you in? <laughs> yeah, we're kind of crazy that way, James. You're going to find that out today on the Shut Up Show. So we're going to make you crazy probably, too. So, um, now, yeah, but... Why do, you call, why do you call it the Shut Up Show? Great question. It's all about finding a shut-up moment. So that point in life when you were at the precipice and you thought, man, I need to either move forward and tell my lizard brain to shut up or chicken out and go back. So Bernie and I, uh, we kind of coined that because at some point I just told Bernie, uh, she was talking about somebody that wanted her to be other than who she is and lose her identity. So I told her, what do you think you should tell him, Bernie? She goes, I should tell him to shut the fuck up. So that's our show. Yeah, Phil wouldn't let me keep the F word for the name of the show, so we wanted to keep it PG-13. But you can yeah. throw an F-bomb, you know, if need be, if it yeah. makes sense. Okay. <laughs> that's right. If I, if I feel the urge, I, I certainly yes. will. Yes, you may. <laughs> yeah. It will not self-destruct. We will not edit it out. So it's all good, James. All good. good. So. Cool. So let's introduce our fantastic guests so we can get to the meat here. Uh, often we get one or two whole viewers that tune in. So if we do, and I notice they're there, James, you'll see me wave. That that might be to you, but that's mostly to the viewer or viewers, okay. if you will. Um, so um, real quick here, our, our, our friend here is James Aldichur. He's an American hedge fund manager, an entrepreneur, and author. His new book is Choose Yourself, which is Kick Ass. And we're really excited to talk Thank about you. that and a lot more. Yeah, totally, man. Uh, James has co-founded or founded 20 companies. So he's, that means he's either been really successful, really failed, or a whole lot of both. And I'm going to bet that it's a lot of both. He's published 11 books. Holy cow, Bernie, he is putting us to shame for sure. And he writes uh, for the Financial Times, The Street, TechCrunch, Seeking Alpha, and the Huffington Post, plus he is an awesome guy. So James, welcome to the show. We're glad you're going to tell us and teach us how to shut up and, and shut those lizard brain thinkings down. Well, you know, just when you were describing earlier your uh, example with, with Bernie, someone was trying to tell her to be something she shouldn't be or that wasn't comfortable for her, that's what Choose Yourself is about. It's basically all of society, every layer of it is kind of telling us, you need to get an education, or you need to get this kind of degree, or you need to work at this kind of corporation, and then you'll be safe. And 
it just doesn't work that way. Like we're, we have to choose ourselves now to be successful. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this this hangout. We're on Google Hangout. Woo! Yeah, exactly. I mean that that's absolutely why we're here, and that's the point, right? As an entrepreneur and someone who has some sort of entrepreneurial spirit, a lot of times people try to crush that. You got to do this and you got to do that, and that's why that's why we chose you, James. You know, Excellent. that's why we wanted you on the show because you're the master blaster of that. So tell us tell us more about. Let's give us a little background before we talk about the book because I think it's important that we set some context here around who you are so folks get little more than just a, a bio that they can read on your website. Sure. So uh, I've been, I don't know where to start. I've been doing businesses and starting up companies since the early to mid-90s. Uh, I built up a web agency, kind of like a, you could think of it, uh, like we were a web design agency, but we also did software. Uh, I sold that in 1998. I started other companies. I sold some. I lost some. I completely bombed and failed at, at many of them. And not bombed and failed, like I can say it, like, oh yeah, some didn't work out, some did you know, some worked, some didn't. Some failed so badly that they were so horrific for me and my family and anyone who was even remotely close to me that it was just, you know, I thought I was going to practically kill myself experiencing it. And, you know, and, but you get through those, hopefully, knock on wood, I'm going to knock on wood now. And, um, and then I kept going. And, you know, I kind of had to isolate what worked when I kept going and would find success again. And what didn't, what was I doing wrong every time I failed? Because I did I failed so much it was statistically significant. I'm like the one human being where it was actually a significant, it wasn't like two failures, it was like a hundred or whatever. And, um, you know, not, not that many, but it was about 17 separate businesses though that probably failed on me and maybe three that worked out. And then I got, I've been involved in all sorts of other things like book writing. My latest book actually, uh, I just have to say it, just uh, uh, on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list this week. So I'm very happy about that because uh, it means that I chose myself. I self-published and I chose myself in every way, but then I beat out every other publisher that would have been more than happy to reject me. So <laughs> screw you, publishers. Like, this is how you do it. So, all right, enough, enough bragging. And uh, uh, so, yeah, that's a little more background on me. I do a lot of investing right now, and I, uh, I'm on the boards of a bunch of companies. But I really, the only thing I really enjoy doing during the day is uh, writing on my blog and and hanging out you know hanging out on the street smoking That's a lot awesome. of drugs <laughs> no not that part yeah probably not That's funny. so so I'm, you I'm an inspiration to children <laughs> clearly clearly and also you know one of our somebody that we talked to recently that show will post a little bit later is also a stand-up comedian like you, like you've tried that. How the heck did that happen? Well, no, I've never, I've never actually, I've wanted to be a stand-up comedian. That's what it is. That's right. And uh, but I've never actually been one. It's it it. You have to stay up past my bedtime, and I I go to sleep uh, by like eight or eight thirty. And you know, if you're gonna be a stand-up comedian, you have to stay up there till like two in the morning. So I'm not. I, I, le I love sleeping. Like if you can, if I could sleep twelve hours a day, I would. That is my ideal day. 
is to sleep 12 hours a day. I was talking to John Romanello. I don't know if you know him. He wrote the book Man 2.0. It just came out. Um, he basically said when you're sleeping, your body uh, grows human growth hormone. And I'm five foot nine. I'd like to be over six feet tall. And I figure even though I'm 45 years old, why not? Nothing's, nothing's impossible. So we'll see. We'll see if he's right. I'm going to sleep as much as possible. <laughs> well, James, I'm 4'11", so <laughs> I've got a lot you of sleep. You should sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phil's gone. Phil's gone. Phil, oh, Phil my gosh. Good. He can't. Phil's eight feet tall. He's like, he's never going to sleep again. His, his personality is eight feet tall if, if you've met him in person, so that makes sense. I, I've I got to interject here because I've got a, a crap load of questions I want to ask, and I don't want to sure. lose any of them. Phil, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, God, I don't even know where to start. So the first one I want to start at is, is in reading your book, uh, Choose Yourself, um, to be quite honest with you, it only took not even four pages, but within the first four pages, I was hooked. And by the way, I'm not paying you back. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not asking for you to pay me back <laughs> because okay, good. the book was Thank amazing. You. I got it on Kindle for four ninety nine. Come on, guys, you got to get it. I mean, but seriously, within the first four pages, I was hooked. And the one pivotal moment that you talked about in there reminded me of my identical life back in 2008 when I quit my job, my cushy corporate sales job, to jump into starting my own business as a coach. And the words you said in there was something along the lines of, I'd failed so miserably, I didn't know how you know come back from that. I thought, you know, hey, maybe if I died, at least my kids could have my insurance money and then all is well for them. Um, I kid you not, I had the exact same thought for my son when I felt that I had failed miserably. And you gave me so much hope and bravery when I read those words um, in that book, especially coming from someone like you. And, and, and here's what I mean by someone like you. Someone like you who on the outside would seem so successful, you've, you've you know, made millions of dollars many, 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 many times. I've heard you talk about that in interviews. I've seen you write that in your book. I see you write it in your newsletter and your blog. So it's not that you're not you know, able to make money. It's that just because you're able to make money doesn't mean you're invincible and it doesn't stop there. So the message I learned from you is even though you've reached a certain level of success, even though you've perceived this, this feeling that you've arrived in life, you never stop moving forward and have to keep showing up, choosing yourself, doing the best you can because fear and failure will inevitably happen, right? Yeah, and it's, it's you know, you have, the reason why you have to keep moving forward is because just the nature of living is about decay. Everything in the universe decays, and when 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 I wake up in the morning, you know it's not that I'm depressed or anything like that. But in general, you kind of have to wake up and you have to say, you know, the world's a scary place. I'm scared every day, uh, and you feel empty, and you have to constantly sort of fill up that emptiness. And if you fill up the emptiness with just work or just one thing or just another it's not going to fully satisfy you. You have to find real holistic ways of achieving health both inside and, and outside and that's what ultimately leads to the success. I used to think it was the other way around that if I was successful I would feel fulfilled. I wouldn't feel empty anymore but I would get successful and then I would say okay that's it. Um, I'm finished. It's done. 
And then I would re realize I would stop doing everything that kind of helped me to improve to be successful. And I would almost as if the universe was like slapping me down, uh, I would lose everything. And this ha would happen again and again. I'm like, what the heck? How You can't be serious. I'm on the floor broke again. Like, didn't I learn anything? And I'd have to kind of restart from scratch. It was like, just, I want to use the F word, but I really won't. I want to make this safe for kids, but you've got to be kidding me. And, uh, and it was always really painful. And so finally I said, look, what, what can I do to just make sure that it's going to continue? And there's really nothing you can do to make sure that success and improvement continues. But you can keep up with a daily practice of what I call physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. And that really uh, keeps you going and keeps keeps filling up the well, keeps the water in the well, so that you that you never you never uh, fully experience that emptiness, and you know it keeps you going through all the fears because we never stop being afraid. We're afraid our kids could get hurt. We're afraid we could go broke. We're afraid the government's gonna collapse. We're afraid that the stock market is gonna go to zero, or all the banks are gonna go out of business. So many things to be afraid of. Right? We could talk about them forever. So, James, how does one go from being this computer geek of, I think it was HBO, right, behind the scenes guy, right, who's fixing our computers and stuff, how does one go from that to being this, you know, holistic person who has this really strong sense of, of self and the bravery and the courage to go out there and believe he's good enough to make it happen? That was the question I've always been curious of when I think about you. Oh, okay, good question. So it's a weird story. So um, HBO, I was trying to tell HBO, you need to get into this internet thing. And, you know, HBO was part of a big cable company, Time Warner. And my boss was telling me, you know, James, the internet might be good for academics, but why don't you leave entertainment to like the cable guys? They, they know what they're doing a little bit more than you. And so, so while nobody was looking, I kind of made a website for HBO, I made an intranet for HBO, and suddenly um, everybody wanted to, you know, everybody wanted to be involved. And Comedy Central called me and they said, hey, can you do for us what you did for HBO? And I said, I'll do it for you, but on one condition. I don't want any money. I want to have the 3 a.m. time slot on Comedy Central. And so, they said no, because uh, they make mo actual money during that time slot by selling infomercials. And so I approached HBO and I said, look, I don't want to do a TV show, I, but I'll, I'll do a web show for you called 3 a.m. Where I go out in New York City at 3 in the morning and I'm going to interview random people. Like, why are they out at 3 in the morning on a Tuesday night? Like, Bernie, if you were out on a Tuesday night at 3 in the morning in New York City in the Lower East Side, there's a reason for it, and it's probably not good. So I would definitely identify all of the probably not good reasons, and I would interview them every week, and I did that for, for three years. While I was doing that, every entertainment company was coming up to me and saying, hey, can you help us out? This, these websites are doing are really cool. Can you help us out and do websites? So I started doing websites for on the side. While I was working at HBO still, I started doing websites for... Uh, every division of Time Warner, uh, Sony, BMG, uh, Disney, uh, the list goes on and on. I did Miramax.com, Newline.com, uh, I did The Matrix, I did all of HBO's websites. I would, so I started a company and then I outsourced 
HBO's websites to my own company, and then eventually I left HBO to join my own company, as which I was running anyway. And uh, uh, from there, uh, I made a lot of money, and then I totally lost every single dime of everything I made. I made there was one summer I was losing about a million dollars a week for the entire summer, and this would almost sound like bragging, except for the fact that I I hit to the point where I had about a hundred dollars in change in my ATM account, like and no job and a huge monthly burn, and I really was scared. Like that was my shut up moment. Like I was scared to death. Uh, I was losing my house. I was losing everything. And uh, you know, from there, I had to start from from scratch. And nobody would return my calls anymore. Like everybody at that point thought. You know, it was just I had won a lottery ticket, but I was really just an idiot, and they were probably right. And uh, I had to completely start from scratch to figure out what am I going to do to feed my family. And so, um, so it was at that point uh, I started to kind of get healthy in all these different ways. I start. I bought a bunch of waiters pads. Um, let me see if I have one in my pocket right now. I, I don't actually, but I bought a bunch of waiters pads. And I started going to a local cafe every morning and writing down ideas for businesses I could do every single day. And I haven't stopped. Every time I've stopped doing that, I've gone down the tubes. So the important, the important thing is everything you do is muscular. So ideas are part of an idea muscle. And if you don't use them, just like if you don't use your legs, for two weeks at a time, you, you won't be able to walk. You'll have to have physical therapy to walk. If you don't come up with ideas uh, every day, after two weeks, you'll your idea muscle will atrophy. You need to build it up. And so I, every day, come up with 10 ideas a day. Um, and, you know, also emotionally, I found I was around a lot of people who are really putting me down or negative whether it's colleagues, family, friends, sometimes actually it's the people closest to you. It's not the guy down the street, because he's very easy to avoid, but it could be the people closest to you who are negative or pressing your buttons, and you have to avoid them too. So I started being around just positive people. Physically, I started sleeping more, eating better, exercising. Spiritually, it was very important to me to be grateful every day and be grateful for abundance every day. Whether I saw it in my life or not, intellectually, I would always be grateful for the abundance in my life. And when I stopped doing that and when I squandered it, I would always go down. I didn't go broke just once. It happened at least two more times after that where I was really scared, where you just feel the blood like pumping through your body, like how am I going to survive? Because I haven't had a job like in 16 years. I've been, old, I've been always uh, eating what I kill. And if I wasn't able to hunt, then I wasn't able to eat. And this was the, the only way I've been able to hunt is by being healthy in these four different uh, kind of bodies, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And so now every day, that's all I do is focus on that. I don't focus on anybody else. I focus on me being healthy. And then consequently, everyone around me will, will be healthy as well because I'm only going to be around people that inspire me and who I inspire. So it, it, it has the effect that it brings back opportunities to me and ultimately money and ideas and you become an idea machine and, and the money and the opportunities start, start to flow. So being holistic and healthy and spiritual is directly related to, at least for me, uh, financial success. Absolutely. Phil and I talk about it all the time, about this show. We always talk about when you're having fun, 
that's what you definitely need to focus on because the money will come. The money will find its way to come to you. And so yeah. I've wholeheartedly believed in that as well. Yeah, and related to this, someone just like 20 minutes ago uh, was telling me, uh, uh, he, he gave me a quote, you always want to be preaching to the choir. So you never want to be argue, you never want to be where everybody around you you're arguing with because you're never going to win that argument anyway. Um, so you always want to be talking to people who are like-minded, not yes people. You know, you want people who are going to challenge you, but at least everybody should have the same type of basic core beliefs. Or else, what's the point? Like, what's the point in living if you're only going to be around people who you, you argue with, people you don't have fun with? If you're if you're not going to be doing projects you enjoy, uh, I. You know, I wouldn't have said yes to this hangout if I didn't have a sense that I would enjoy doing this video. So, and it's not like I have to be laughing all the time, but, you know, I, I just really don't want to be doing things that I hate doing. Like, for instance, I don't go to weddings. I find weddings to be really boring, so I don't go to them. I don't go to the theater. To me, theater is really boring. I don't go to them. So those are examples. Or going to a meeting, like, in 3,000 miles away where you know, with a bunch of boring business people, I'm not going to go to that. I've never made money traveling for business. That's like a, a rule I've learned over like 20 years. I've never made a single dime traveling for business. So do you outsource that then, James? I mean, that's sometimes that's a part of business, right? So how do you, how do you stay successful when you, when, you know, there are certain things that most say you have to do? Yeah, I never believe that have to do thing. Like people are always looking, oh, what's my, you know, I get questions all the time, like emails, oh, I can't, I'm 25 years old and I haven't figured out my purpose in life yet. I haven't figured out how I'm going to change the world. You know, Jesus, you're 25 years old, like relax. I'm 45 years old, I haven't figured out what my purpose in life is going to be. Like a, a goal or a purpose kind of implies this mystical there where I have to be, but I'm here right now. So I just focus on where I am right now and how I can be better for myself right now. I forget all about purpose and goal. That's going to happen naturally as I get healthier and healthier and find success and, and continue to be grateful for the abundance in my life, continue to come up with ideas. I've made the most money in my life, not on any businesses I've started, although I've made money on those not in any investments I've made, it's kind of odd just the opportunities that come up once you once the ideas start to flow. So, and again, I think for most, unless you're talking about like Bill Gates, Bill Gates clearly made most of his money on Microsoft, but I bet you most successful people, it would be odd if they actually told you where they had most of their financial success. It would be things that were totally unexpected. So, so yeah, so traveling for business, I never outsource it. I just don't do it. Like, I've never been successful going anywhere for business. That's just me. Some people maybe travel for business and it's great for them. But for me, it doesn't work because I get tired. I don't like to fly on a plane that much. Uh, and, uh, and then I'm not, uh, it, it never worked. I just, I would go to a meeting, everybody would be happy, and they would say, yeah, we'd love to do business with you. And then I, just nothing would ever come with it. What a waste of time. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so really, so if you have something that sucks in your life, or that by sucks really drains you and pulls the energy out, find a way to stop doing that, or just have the courage to to choose yourself to steal your book title there, and yeah. to really say it's about me. If I'm going to be more abundant, I need to be more abundant, right? If right. I need to be healthier, I need to 
be healthier. I mean, that seems so so obvious, but I think sometimes as humans we complicate that because we think that there's more. But really, yeah, not at all. We we complicate it a lot. And look, it's a it really is a daily practice. So so for instance, and I'll just give an example from marketing this book. I expected. I, I asked one friend of mine, "Hey, can you can I can I go on your blog or can I can you, you do a podcast with a lot of people? Can I participate?" And uh, he said no, or he didn't respond. I forget what it was. And I was feeling like angry. Like I've always helped this guy out. Why didn't he help me out? And then I had to take my own advice. I have to choose myself. Like whatever. It's not like it's not like I have to even say screw him. Like he has his own thing. And I'm just going to choose myself. So, okay, I go down a different path to choose myself. Uh, and every day it's a daily practice. So, again, I'm already abundant. And it's not like I'm faking myself into thinking that. It's true. And uh, we're, we're just by having the opportunity to do this, it's incredible. So, so this, this technology, these bodies that we have, the health that we are, are hopefully all have, uh, these are great opportunities to, that we can really work with to – to create success, the brains we have. So we're all we're all capable of coming up with amazing ideas that will change the world. But first things first is changing ourselves. So that's that's what we have to focus on. James, I I have a fix for you. Next time you ask somebody for a favor, give them a piece of chocolate first. Yes, that that works. <laughs> as as you've read in my book, when I save the global economy with chocolate. Can you talk up? Can you talk quickly about that for those who haven't read the book yet? Because I love the story. Sure. So I mo I moved into an apartment on Wall Street. So I was right across. It was actually on Broad Broad and Wall. It was the old J P Morgan Bank, and they made it into apartments. And I rented an apartment there, and it's right across the street from the New York Stock Exchange. And I moved in there in early March two thousand nine. Um, it was the first apartment. Actually, this is going to sound strange. It's the first apartment I've ever had for myself. Uh, so I didn't have any furniture. I didn't even know what it meant to like move into an apartment. Like I didn't have any clue. I finally bought like a master mattress. I bought a table, but no chairs. So I would like kind of like lean into this table. Anyway, um, but I would go outside, and everybody was just so depressed in March 2009. I was so depressed. Like, oh, I was losing so much money. Like the stock market was one, you know, one third almost of what it is now, and. Uh, uh, it was really ugly, uh, and you. I would watch the people, the traders, going into the New York Stock Exchange, and they were always depressed. So finally, like March 9th, 2009, I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the local pharmacy. I'm going to buy those Halloween kind of bags of chocolates, and I'm just going to hand them out to everybody walking into the New York Stock Exchange. Because chocolates, by the way, not only do they, most people enjoy them, but they also release all these hormones which make you feel like you could take more risk. So I'm handing these chocolates to everybody. They're all looking down, they're depressed, they're miserable, handing them to all the traders, and they look up and they smile. It's like probably the first time these traders have smiled in years. Uh, and I, I, I do want to say March 9th, the stock market started going up, and it has not stopped since then. I mean, the market's like at all-time highs today. So I do think I single-handedly save the global economies. Because of my chocolates, these traders started taking more risks and the stock market started going up. So I take full credit. And as I say, it's not bragging if it's true. So <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, and it worked. Were they good chocolates, though? 
Or were they no, no. It was just it was just like those Hershey's things. No no offense, Hershey. It's just like these Hershey's things. I wouldn't even touch the stuff. But uh, uh, everybody needed it then. You know, we we've all gone through. You know, Bernie, you mentioned two thousand eight. Like we've all gone through this decade of like post societal traumatic stress syndrome. I think I did that right. Uh, and or basically a society wide post traumatic stress. I mean, we've had the dot com crash, nine eleven, um, the housing bust, the crash of the banking crisis, and then ever since two thousand nine, we've been out of a recession technically, but people feel bad. Like, it's not like we feel like we're in this great environment. Even though we've been in a boom for four years on the stock market and in the economy, we don't feel that way. And there's no real reason why. I mean, I can't really point to any economic data, but we just don't feel good. And I think it's because we're, we're dealing with essentially the shock of everything that's happened in this past decade. And that's part of why we have to choose ourselves now, because everybody else, even the banks, have just totally let us down. And I say even the banks, even our educations, even the government, even our parents who told us to get our educations and have a good, safe corporate job, even you know our our friends who told you know told us to buy a house because everyone else was buying a house. Who knows who let us down? But now we have to rely on ourselves and choose ourselves first. Well, that's awesome. Um, before I let Phil ask the magical questions <laughs> to wrap up this awesome conversation, and God, we could talk to you forever. I just want to make a comment, and it's actually a compliment to you, James. What I love most about uh, you know reading your work and just listening to you in interviews and even talking to you now, I just love your ability to disrupt thinking. Um, I'm sure that's probably what you're trying to do because I think sometimes people, you know, readers and subscribers get confused with, you know, this person's telling me to do something or this person's, you know, uh, giving me this advice. But I think for you, the way you come off is I just wanted to stop thinking so that I get you thinking at all. Um, tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, that's really true because I know what works for me. So I know for me, in order to be successful, uh, I've had to I had to put together a daily practice which included the things I mentioned. Now, for other people, they might need something else in their lives. Uh, I don't know. Now, I know it worked. My my ideas are pretty broad. Like, oh, you should sleep better. You should eat better. You should exercise. So these things in general will help people. But the way you exercise, the way you sleep, you know, the way you are are grateful. The way, the kind of ideas you come up with, these are going to be different for everybody. An artist is going to come up with different types of ideas than an entrepreneur, uh, or you could be an entrepreneur and and be an entrepreneur within your company. I'm not even saying necessarily, you know, leave your job and start Google. Uh, you know, only two people could do that. So, you know, what I do works for me, and everybody kind of has to find what works for them. But I go through the process of how I found what works for me. And I kind of do that by, in part, saying what definitely doesn't work. So, for instance, being very anxious about finding your purpose, that has never really worked for anybody. Uh, and I, I, don't, I can't even think of anyone who started out with, or maybe very few people started out with one single purpose in life, and that's how they died. They, they achieved that purpose. Uh, you know, other things... You know, having really being very opinionated doesn't really work for a lot of people. Like it's usually it's like sort of scratching an itch. You know, you get in that internet message board and you have an opinion and you're arguing with all these anonymous people. 
doesn't really make you successful in life. And so extrapolating further, arguing with your family or friends or whatever, that usually doesn't really work either towards making you happy, you know, happy in life. So again, I, I try to examine what worked for me and what doesn't, and then and that's what I, the book's about, basically. Wow. Wow, James. So that's, I mean, that's such common sense and yet so often unfollowed about choosing ourselves and realizing what works for us, what doesn't, focusing more on what does. I mean, that's such simple business advice. So I think as we bring this to a close, James, I have one last question before we ask you to, of course, share where we can find more of you because that's important. But my, my big question for you is, what are you afraid of right now that's holding you back? Or maybe that you've recently pushed through that maybe someone out there, maybe they have that same fear or have that same concern that you can help them just by helping you share this with us. You know, it's an interesting question because I really have been following my own advice for a really long time now, there's very few things I'm actually afraid of. Like, I'm not really afraid of, in general, like I, I gave an example where I had to choose myself just a, in the past week or so. So, but I know that when situations bother me, I have a base foundation I can get back to, and that will always sort of help me out. Uh, of course, I always can care for the health of my family and so on, but it's not like, I'm afraid anything's bad is going to happen because that would be irrational. Like nothing bad has happened, things are going well, and so right now I'm enjoying, you know, the health in my family. So, but in the past when I've been afraid, and I see this also from, you know, my readers who express to me their their fears. Uh, I think people are afraid of a lot of things that are external to them. They're afraid of everything, like everything ranging from global warming to war to stuff that's a little more personal like going broke or I'm unhappy in my job or my health is not so good and again I always my advice is essentially always the same although sometimes I'll answer it in different ways and the advice I give is build your foundation you can't build the house until the foundation is built and you know and, and the foundation is built in the way I've already described you know another analogy I like to use is you know, people say, well, I like to, that seems selfish. I like to help others. And the example, a great example analogy is being a beacon. So a beacon, you know, guides ships on a foggy night to safely to their shores. The beacon has no idea what ships it's helping. The beacon's only job is to make sure the light turns on and the windows are all clean. So the light shines freely. And that's really the way you, you get through fears is you build the beacon inside of yourself because then you're the first person you're helping and then the beacon shines out to everybody else. So I always get back to that foundation. So I'm not really afraid of anything uh, at the moment. I mean, if uh, you know, there could be, you know, I don't, I don't worry. Like if I go broke, no problem. I'll, I'll get back to this foundation and I'll build up again. If I get sick, if a family gets sick, I'll do what I can do on those days to, to be helpful and to be the, the beacon. But I don't really directly fear anything. Wow. You are a beacon, my friend. Thank you, James. Thank so you. where so where um where do we find more of your awesomeness so that we can get your book, 
read your stuff, be inspired, and so that we can be a better beacon for the world? Well, I, I really do like my book that just came out, Choose Yourself. And uh, my blog is jamesaltucher.com. And on Twitter, uh, I'm at jaltucher. But I do a, every Thursday, I do a Q&A from 3.30 to 4.30 where I answer any questions that anybody has. So that's often a good way to communicate with me. Um, you know, other ways to communicate with me are not so good. For instance, I don't really have a phone. Uh, I, I, never, I never talk on the phone. Um, I don't really use email that much. Uh, you know, so uh, but that, that's, those are the good ways to find me. Cool. So, so you want to be a beacon. You want to get back to your foundation. You want to choose yourself. Yeah. James Always. teaches us the way. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, James. We really appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, James. You so much. Thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Shut Up Show. And remember, if you don't want to miss a single episode, simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, folks, shut up and make shit happen.